Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. His hands, his feet, 
Savior on that cursed tree.
be seated. Wasn't that a powerful rendition of the Easter story? Yes. You know, it's a familiar story to most of us that Jesus Christ was crucified, buried in a tomb, raised again, and we believe it's 100% true. And that's why we're celebrating today, he is risen. But we actually believe there's more to the story. And I want to share a message today. He is risen, we are risen. And no, I'm not talking about that final resurrection we just sang about, as wonderful as that's going to be. Because hey, you know that new body all of you are trying to get right now? You're gonna get it then. So yeah, you might have to wait a little bit. You'll also get to see loved ones who've gone on before you, and of course live with Jesus forever. That's the final resurrection. No, I'm speaking today a truth that he is risen, we are risen. That we actually have resurrected life right now. Now, this is what the drama portrayed, and I'm going to break that down for you. But what's interesting, because it was such a mystery, actually the Bible calls it a secret. And it was revealed powerfully to a man who ended up writing about half of the New Testament, a man named Paul. But you need to know Paul's story because Paul was a raging, fanatic, religious zealot, totally radical in his commitment to God, but he hated Christians. He thought Jesus Christ was a false Messiah. And so Paul made it his life mission to systematically destroy the Christian faith. And how did he do that? Murder. He would go to people's homes, pull out men, women, get them ready for execution. This guy was one bad dude. I mean, think Hitler or Osama bin Laden. That's the kind of person he was until he met the resurrected Jesus. And when he met the resurrected Jesus, there was such an awesome, miraculous transformation from persecutor Paul to passionate lover of Jesus, lover of people, preacher of the word, prolific writer of the New Testament, primarily this incredible truth that we just saw. See, the crucifixion wasn't just about Jesus' crucifixion. No, the more to the story is this. We were crucified with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We were raised with Christ. We are filled with Christ. We are sent to carry resurrection life wherever we go. Folks, this is a dead world. This is a dead world filled, filled with all kinds of sickness and sin and shame and bondage and violence. And we've been sent, filled with the resurrection life of Jesus. Why? He is risen. We are risen. And so I want to look at that today as we, uh, I'll refer back to the drama and see what God has to say about this awesome addition, I would say, or the, the, the real Easter story. Okay, so Paul's transformation was so miraculous. You know, Jesus had to come and reveal to him, it required your crucifixion. Now, what we saw in the drama uh, was Serena. She's the lead actress. So we're just going to call her Sinner Serena, okay? That, that's what she was. You saw her. She she was angry, selfish, party girl, 
She, but she was miserable. Why? That's what sin does to you. You see, we have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he's all about bringing us into bondage to whatever sin. Maybe yours isn't anger. Maybe yours isn't addiction, but it might be bitterness. It might be unforgiveness, lust, greed, worthlessness, fear. All of us, all of us have felt the chains of that sin. And we have an enemy who makes sure we are bound tightly in that sin. And it's misery. It's misery. But then, Jesus to the rescue, right? Jesus comes. He lifts her up. And this is the really important, really important part. You know, Jesus doesn't just kind of clean her off and clean her up and say, okay, now, you go, go try harder. Okay, be, be a good girl. Oh, make really good choices. Okay? Oh, no, no, no. This isn't a cleanup, folks. This is a crucifixion. The murderous terrorist, Paul, you think he's going to be transformed by a little cleanup? You think shame-filled, addicted, angry, bitter human beings just need a little cleanup and go try harder, be good. Oh, no, no, this requires a crucifixion. And that's why Jesus so beautifully revealed this to Paul, and he wrote it down for us and recorded it for us to read. And that's what I'm going to read to you now. He wrote this to the Galatians concerning that crucifixion. He said, our old identity, our old sinful self has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified us with him. I mean, that's mind-blowing to me. That the old shame-filled prideful, jealous Diane was nailed to the cross with Jesus. I mean, I didn't feel anything. But you know, we don't go by feelings. We go by faith. And this is the true Easter message. We were crucified with Christ. We were crucified with Christ. We no longer live. <laughs> no, the life we now live, we live by faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave his life for us crucified with Christ. Not a cleanup, a crucifixion. Doesn't stop there. Buried with Christ. You saw Jesus take Serena to the tomb. Well, Paul recorded it for us. In his book to the Romans, he said, sharing in Jesus' death means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. We went into the tomb with Jesus. You know, he didn't just die for us. He died as us. We were in Christ, on that cross, in that tomb. The Bible calls it a mystery. The Bible says it takes the Holy Spirit to open our heart and mind to grasp the depth of this mystery. You know, what went on in that tomb? Again, I don't remember anything. You don't remember anything, right? You were dead. I was dead. Oh, but Jesus... This is really important. You see, it wasn't just a little transaction where he goes, well, here's my blood. Now I've paid for the sins of the world. Can you give me uh, tickets to heaven that I can distribute to everybody? Like, no. You think that's what it means? You think that's what the cross is about? Oh, no, no, you need to know, in the tomb, he took on the enemy. 
He took on Satan himself. Isaiah tells us he took on every sin, every sickness, every ounce of shame, every sorrow. He took it all. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He waged a battle in the tomb. This is how Paul recorded it. Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. Folks, the enemy has been defeated. Jesus has won the victory. <laughs> he has won the victory. We believe in supernatural powers, in demons, and forces of darkness, spiritual dominion in high places, and we believe they have been defeated. That's important. Yeah. Crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, and now the best part, raised up with Christ. And this, yeah, that's right. This is how Paul says it. When the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him. Why? So that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. You see, this resurrection is a brand new you. It's a brand new me. Oh, I I'm still Diane. You're still Troy. You know, you're still ginger, you, you're still you, you're, but you're the you that God has always designed for you to be with all of your gifting and all of your personality, but you're new. What? Your old sinful self was crucified with Christ. You have been made new. You're raised up with Christ, a brand new creation. Folks, this is not a repair. This is not an extreme makeover. This is not a repair. It is a resurrection. A resurrection and learning to walk in the reality of that takes faith, but it's true. Buried with Christ, crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised up with Christ. And I think it's so awesome, of course. Do you think Jesus would let us to ourselves? I mean, he crucified us, he buried us, he raised us up, but he's not going to let us on our own to live this new life. I mean, we're still living in a crazy world, right? So he ascends, and what does he do? He sends his very own spirit, the spirit who raised him from the dead to come and live inside of us. Folks, I want you to know here at this church, we are unashamedly charismatic. We believe, unashamedly, I'll tell you why. I've tried to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit, and I was a total failure. But when the Holy Spirit fills you, the life of Jesus fills you, not only does it change me, it changes the life of those around us. He is risen, we are risen. So this is tremendous Easter story, right? Crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised with Christ, filled with Christ. Whew, he is risen, we are risen. Now we haven't always known the full Easter story here as a church. It's, we've been on a journey actually for about 10 years. And that's to give you hope. <laughs> and that the Lord loves us so much. And he's so eager for us to grasp the incredible work of the cross and the resurrection so that we can spread that resurrection wherever we go. So I was asking the Lord, 
Lord, you've taught us so many lessons over the past few years. Well, what, what should I share on Easter Sunday? And he said, look, look at the story of Lazarus. Well, the story of Lazarus is actually the story of a physical resurrection. But as with all of Jesus' miracles, there's layers of truth. So let me tell you this story. It's a true story. It's recorded by John, one of Jesus' closest friends. And it's about a man named Lazarus. We don't know if he was about maybe 30, 40. He was a young man, though. He had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And all three of them were very close friends with Jesus. The scriptures say Jesus loved them. <laughs> I like that. Shows the human side of Jesus. He had close friendships. He ate in their home. He spent a lot of time there. And so he's very close friends. Well, one day Jesus is ministering just a couple miles away, but he receives an urgent message. Lazarus is terminally ill. He's so close to death, they say, Jesus, you have to come immediately. But Jesus doesn't come immediately. How many of you know Jesus' timing is not usually our timing? I know. It's a bummer. But you can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust his timing. He finally makes his way to Bethany, the village where Lazarus is, and, and Martha, one of the sisters, runs out, and she says, it's too late. He's been dead four days. He's already in the tomb. The stone is there. And in the Jewish culture, they don't embalm. They just wrap you in grave clothes and put a cloth over your head. I mean, that body is decomposing. This is beyond help, right? And Martha goes, if you'd only been here, Lord, you could have healed him. And Jesus says, oh, Martha, your brother will rise and live. She goes, oh, no, I know, Lord, you mean on that resurrection day, that final day? He goes, no. And this is what he says to her. You don't have to wait until then. Why? I am the resurrection and I am life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. See, Jesus was foreshadowing what his work on the cross and the resurrection was going to make available for us, not just a final resurrection, a resurrection today. He is risen. We are risen. He is the resurrection and the life. Well, he's going to go on as we look at the story, to physically raise Lazarus from the dead. We can learn a couple things there. So he walks to the tomb. Everyone's crying, weeping. I mean, it was, it was a tragedy. He was a young man. And Jesus is going to say three things here. And the first thing he says to the people, he says, take away the stone. See, that's important. Because he's Jesus. Why couldn't he have just rolled the stone away, Right? You want to know why? Because he always invites us into the miracles that he's doing. So roll away the stone. And they're like, but, but he's going to stink. And don't we always have objections when Jesus gives us instructions? <laughs> but they go ahead, they roll away the stone. And now he's going to say the second thing. And this he's going to speak to Lazarus. He's going to speak to a dead man. And he's going to, to speak with the voice that spoke the universe into existence because he is all God. He is all man. <laughs> and he says, Lazarus, come forth. 
And all the people are watching, watching, and out staggers Lazarus. <laughs> but wait a minute. He's still all wrapped up in those grave clothes. Again, Jesus raised him from the dead. Why didn't he like have those dissolve or something? Because now he's going to speak the third thing, and that is to the people around, you loose him and you let him go. Yeah, he involves us in the miracles that he does. And Lazarus is alive, and that pretty much sealed Jesus' fate because he was crucified not too much after that. <laughs> but what is Jesus teaching us here about the incredible Easter story of he is risen and we are risen? A couple things. Because these are lessons he's taught us as we've journeyed uh, these past 10 years as a church. And the first one is this. Many of us, many of you, you're still in the tomb. Yeah, you're still in the tomb. You don't know the stone has been rolled away. You actually don't know you've been crucified. No, you're, you're, still, you're still trying to make God happy. You're, 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 you're still trying to be good enough, repent enough, uh, be disciplined enough, but you live with constant con condemnation, constant shame. You see, you think the stone is still in place. You know what that stone is? That's the law of God. For the Ten Commandments were written on tablets of stone. And you see, the glory of the Easter story is that Jesus fulfilled that law. He rolled that stone away. <laughs> he took, the Lamb of God took away the sins of the world. He didn't just cover them up. He took them away. That's what happened in that tomb. This was no little mamby-pamby transaction. This was a battle. He took away your past sins, your present sins, your future sins, took them away, removed as far as the east is from the west. That law has been fulfilled. That stone has been removed. Guess what? Can you hear him? Because he's calling your name. And he's saying, run out of that grave. Run out of that grave. Run out. Become that brand new person that I purchased for you to be. Run out of that gray. Be born again, right? You're a new person. You're a new creation. Run out. Remember, this is not a repair, folks. This is a resurrection. You can run out of that grave. You can have an unbelievable relationship with the living God. That's what we've learned as a church over these past few years. We're loved we're accepted. The Father, he has so much mercy on us. It's not, you know, that's not a, a license to live as we want. It's, it's a motivation to live solely and completely for him. We're brand new. We're a new creation. Oops. Wait a minute. I just noticed something, and this is where a lot of us were. We still were wrapped up in grave clothes. How do I know? Well, we started trying to manage our sin. We got more sin conscious than Savior conscious. We, we, we tried to fix the old me. We thought we were half sinner, half saint. Like, no, no. We needed to know our new identity. Remember, we're a new creation in Christ. Remember, uh, Paul said this uh, when he wrote about it. He said, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. When I say my father passed away a year and a half ago, what does that mean? My father died. You were crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised with Christ. That's your new identity. You're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are a saint empowered by grace to live with the resurrected life of Jesus. <laughs> and then, of course, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we can't do this on our own. Even as a new creation, holy and blameless and righteous with all of our sin taken care of, we need help, which is why Jesus says, I send my very own spirit, the same spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's what we need. In order that we can live and proclaim, he is risen, we are risen. Well, what's our response to that? Well, we'll give you a chance after worship today. For those of you, you might still be hiding out in that tomb. I'm going to invite you to run out of that grave today. I'm going to invite you to run out to know that stone's rolled away. You don't have to live with shame or condemnation or guilt or bondage. Run out of that grave and receive, receive that resurrection life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection, the life. He who believes in me shall live. So we're going to invite you to do that. But for those of us who've been on this journey and we know, we know we have resurrection life in us. We, we know this Easter story that we're filled with the Spirit and sent to give away resurrection life. I want to encourage us. It's not that difficult. You know, recently I was in San Diego with my husband and, and San Diego was really a city of contrast. The rich, the poor, the homeless, the mansions. I mean, the, it's, it, it weighed on me so heavily. Because our mission as a church is change the world with Jesus. And it sounds awesome and amazing, but I was like, Jesus, I don't know how I'll ever change the world with you. He said, die, take one day, one day at a time, and just change the one with me. You know, that might be an extra big tip today at the restaurant. You know, that might be a word of encouragement. It might be a prayer. People, there is death all around us. People are starving for resurrection life. Can we give that away today? You know, loneliness is a killer. It's actually the number one epidemic in our nation right now, and it's literally killing people. I love the story of Lonnie and Rose Gingrich. They're from our Sullivan campus. Why? Because in 2013, they heard about uh, an event that they could, they could duplicate, and it was this. Look around at all the lonely, single women, widows, divorced, just women who are oppressed and lonely and isolated. And why don't you release resurrection life to them, host a large banquet, and just bless them with good food and music and encouragement. And they did, and they've been doing that ever since. You know, loneliness is a killer. Rose and Lonnie released resurrection life just through simple acts of kindness. How many of you know, I know many of you have experienced this. This is the story of our church. Infertility is a killer. 
The inability to bear a child, there's 12 million people in the United States right now who cannot have a child. It kills you from the inside out. It destroys you. We have the opportunity to call those dead wounds to life. Why? We have resurrection life living within us. A young couple, Holly and Jason Hayes, came to this church in 2007, joined Mike and Julie's small group. They were in the battle of, of in the throes of a very serious infertil infertility struggle. Had endometriosis and cysts and scar tissue. They tried drugs and surgery, nothing, no hope. And we're not against medicine. Medicine was, was helpful to them, but there was no hope until their small group prayed. They worshiped, they called out to God. Resurrection life was released, not for one son, not for two, but for three. And then lo and behold, two years later, with no intervention of any kind, the Lord gifted them with precious Lily, their only daughter. I want you to know, <laughs> resurrection life. We can give away healing. We believe in that. Not of ourselves. We carry the life of Jesus in us. We can release healing. We can release love. And finally, we can release forgiveness oh my goodness how many of you know adultery is a killer it kills marriages it kills families we've seen this my good friend Connie seven years ago thought she had a 33 year healthy marriage to she thought was a believer when her husband Bill confessed to serial adultery the marriage was over he was out she called some of us cried out for prayer that God would send his resurrection life to meet Bill in that apartment. The Spirit of God fell on Bill. He repented, received the forgiveness of sins from Jesus, came to Connie. And how many of you know it's not easy? It's not easy to forgive. It's very hurtful, but oh, wait a minute. The one who hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Lived in Connie. She was able to forgive Bill. Seven years later, here they are, happily married. I want you to know resurrection life. He is risen. We are risen. Crucified with Christ. Buried with Christ. Raised with Christ. Filled with Christ. Will you stand with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you for the Easter story. And as we enter worship now, I pray your Holy Spirit continue to reveal the truth, change our hearts, change our lives, fill us up with your very own spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.